Hey kids, welcome back to the next episode of the Incredible Kids Podcast. My name is Moritz Siri, and I will be your host through this incredible journey. We are going to meet many incredible kids. They are going to share with us their stories. Some of them super cool and different like you've never heard before. And some you may say are just ordinary, but all of them incredible. If you have great ideas, email me today at ikidspodcast at gmail.com. And now it's time for... Incredible Kids! It's time for the joke of the day! Yay! Today's joke is brought to you by... Malka B. from Cleveland, Ohio. What does a spider wear to a wedding? A wedding dress. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the next episode of Incredible Kids Podcast. Thank you to our sponsor, 24-6. I'm going to share with you about their latest device called the Solo Music MP3 Player. We have a special coupon code, Incredible10. We'll tell you more about it later. We would like to thank our media sponsor, Five Towns Central. If you live in the Five Towns and beyond, stay up to speed on everything happening in your community, the Jewish world, and more. Check out 5towncentral.com and join thousands of people who receive their news updates on WhatsApp and join tons of businesses that see success with their powerful advertising. And of course, rate us on Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere else you're enjoying our Incredible Kids podcast. Hope everyone had a beautiful Shavuos. Before we start anything, I have some really incredible Shavuos trivia game show participants to announce. So I'm going to quickly run through all these really incredible team names and family names. And thank you all for contributing. This is going to be like the Asaras Bene Haman and Shul when they go like super really fast <laughs> and try to say everything in one breath. <laughs> So, here we go. One, two, three. The Gross is from Team Milk Like. The Salzburg's from Team Flowers. The Lowy's from Team Cheese Blend Skies. The Kramer's from Team Cream Cheese. The, te- <laughs> the Krolls from Team Credible Krolls. The Ben Parats from Team Coffee. The Zion's from Team Flower Petals. The Plotnik's from Team Shavuos. The Cranus's from Team Torah. The Mayor's from Team Number One Fan. The Moseshead's from Team Luchos. The Feigenbaum's from Team Luchos. The Joukowsky's from Team Nasa Benishma. The Milch's from Team Torah. The Tortillocab's from Team Tortillocab. And the Grosses from Team Stay Up All Night. Whew, I did it. I'm looking forward to the next trivia session. Who knows what will come next? <laughs> And now we are going to go right into our new topic. We're going to put on a more serious tone, but still we're going to have a lot of fun, of course, as always. But for this conversation about bullying, we have a lot of important subjects to address. And I just want to say that this is a topic that a lot of people ask for. A lot of people send me emails and messages saying, make an episode about kids being nicer to each other, not giving into peer pressure from their friends. And this is just one episode of many that will come on these topics. But bullying is a problem that happens in so many schools and in so many families and day camps and you name it. Because whenever there's kids, there's going to always be a little bit of not nice behavior. It just happens. But we are going to work on becoming nicer and kinder and more sensitive. And hopefully after listening to this episode, you will choose an adult or a mature friend to schmooze with about the things that you heard. And everybody should have that adult in their life. Just keep the conversation going because there is so much that we can do to make it better in our classrooms and with our friendships and really make this world a better place. Like we always say, one incredible kid at a time. So get ready for two, might I say, incredible interviews. The first one is with an adult, a man named Rabbi Yaakov Klein. He himself has a personal story to share 
about his experience with being bullied when he was younger in school, starting in about third grade. And he's going to talk about how hard it was for him. And then he's also going to share some advice for kids right now who are in classrooms where some of these behaviors happen every single day and what we can do about it. It's a longer interview, so we broke it up in the middle with a great skit, so do not skip it. We don't want to skip anything. There's so many surprises loaded inside of this episode. And then all the way at the end, we have an interview that blew me away. A boy named Baruch agreed to come. He really wanted to share his story. The thing is that he's still in school right now, so it's very, very big of him to want to come and talk and share his own experiences with being bullied. You know, I want to tell you that while I was editing and listening back to these conversations before I put them onto the podcast, I cried a few times. I was so inspired by these words of bravery and of understanding and sensitivity because right now, this boy Baruch is super sensitive. He's going to share with you guys the secret to making new friends and um, looking out for other kids and what kind of friends to look for. And he really understands that because of his experience, he took his sensitivity and he really is always looking out for everybody else. So I really want you guys to listen and be inspired the way I was. What we're trying to do right here is talk about the realities of how sad it could be to be bullied and everything, but also try to show everybody how kids everywhere could really try to be kinder and nicer and more sensitive every single day to friends, to everyone around them, and really work on their inner talents and inner strengths. So we asked our listeners, have you ever been extra kind and gone out of your way for a friend? Here's what they had to say. Hi, my name is Golda and I'm four years old and my friend's scooter was broken so I let her use my scooter. I said, here you could go and someone gave me a ride. Hi, my name is Hannah. I'm nine years old. A time I went out of my way for a friend is when my friend dropped her food and I cleaned it up for her. Hi, my name is Shira and I'm six years old. And one time my friends got a really bad burn and I came to her house and um, made her a picture. Hi, my name is Mira and I'm eight years old. And one time I brought a whole package of candy to my friends because it was her birthday and she loved it and I wrapped it up. Hi, my name is Isol and I'm eight years old. And one time we were on a school trip on a coach bus and my friends got the back seat and they didn't really want to sit there, so I gave them my front seat. My name is Sarah, I'm seven years old. And when I had a new girl in my class, um, I invited her to my house on Jabez so she can make friends. Hi, my name is Tavi. I'm four and a half. One day when I was at the park, my brother was scootering down a hill and he hurt himself and I quickly ran and said, are you okay? And then I said, away to scooter down a hill safely. Bye. My name is Abigail and I'm eight years old. And how I show kindness to my friends is whenever they go down to science, some of them, their pencil case falls and they trip too because they're on the stairs. So I ask them if they're okay and they say yes, usually. And then I help clean up their pencil case and then we just move on. Hi, my name is Malika and I'm 11 years old. One time my black was playing a ball game and my friend got insulted and left, so I went to her house to comfort her and she ended up coming back to play with us. 
Listen up, children. Listen up, people. As I introduce to you Rabbi Yaakov Klein, I will let him introduce himself in his own words. When I did this interview, I was really not feeling well. And remember last week I sounded like a frog, so that interview was around the same time. So Bar Hashem, I'm feeling a lot better now. Remember, this interview is split into two parts. And so in between, don't miss the excellent, excellent skit with a really important lesson at the end. Enjoy. <coughs> so in true English style, I'm drinking tea. Um, Thank you. And the podcasting goes on, even if you wake up like this. This week's episode is about bullying. And I invited Rabbi Yaakov Klein to join us on our podcast to talk about this really, really important topic. Rabbi Klein, thank you for coming. Can you introduce yourself to us? My absolute pleasure. It's really a great honor and zuchos to be on this special podcast, speaking with children all around the world who are looking to grow and are looking to enjoy all the awesome content that I know you kids love every week. Every other week. (laughs) Every other week. Oops. And it's great to be able to sit here and to share some of my experiences with some of you that may be struggling with being bullied or seeing that taking place in your classrooms, just being more aware of it, figuring out if you can be a part of making things better. Yes. That's the part I want to focus on today. Make our world a better place. Each of us kids and adults, hopefully, I would like to say I could be part of this as well, can think about how we can make this problem go away. Let us know you a little bit. Where do you live? Some fun facts about yourself. Sure. At this particular moment, I live in London with Hashem's cool. health, even though I am not from here. My wife is not from here. I'm originally from Farakway, New York. And we are here with an organization called Elecha, which involves me basically going around to a lot of different schools and trying to talk a lot about challenges relating to their experience as children, like bullying, or to any tough stuff that people go through to try to help people through that. And with Hashem's help, I've been Zoha to write a few books. So you're an author. That's cool. Yes, yes. With Hashem's help. And I also am Zoha to incorporate music into it as well. So Mm. a lot of times, instead of just giving a shir, so I'll intersperse the singing with the Torah. So it becomes more of like an experience, but it becomes more of an opportunity for them to connect with their neshama. Music is very special like that. Music can really do that to people. So open your neshama, let the niggin make you whole. And be touched by a niggin, it's the language of your soul. So you're an author, with the help of Hashem, (laughs) and you're a musician. What instruments do you play? So I play guitar. Pretty much that's the main instrument that I'm I'm schlepping around, and that's the instrument you'll find. Easiest, easy, yeah, it's the easiest instrument to schlep. Yes, it's the most portable. I also play a bit of piano and drums as well. Can you give a quick message of encouragement to my daughter to practice her guitar? (laughs) The practice part is not so great, but if you push through it at the end, you'll be able to look back and say all those just pushing yourself to do something. It's a skill you'll have for life. You're going to be able to bring so much music into the house and your Hanukkah Mm. will be different when you can sit by the candles and really play and your Matzah Shabbos will be different. So I really give you a bracha. Practice well and she should come out the other end. Mamish playing guitar like unbelievable. And for anybody else who has that knack for music, even though there are so many other great talents, but if that's your thing, you should try really as much as you can to develop that talent. It's a gift from Hashem. That's beautiful. Just like every kid wants to be like their Abba, like their mommy, right? We naturally, as children of Hashem, we want to be like him, just like any kid wants to be like their Abba. And there are so many different ways that we can do that by being more kind, more sensitive. But there's one thing that's unique to being like Hashem, and that is by becoming more creative. If you think about Mm. it, Mm. Mark says Hashem is an artist. Wow! 
Hashem created nature, right? Hashem is the greatest artist there is. Every sunset that you see, Hashem painted that sunset. So when we can develop our creativity and our talents, we're becoming like Hashem. Just like that's so cool. If you develop your musical talent, you're making the world a more musical, more beautiful, more artistic, more creative place. And that's a very, very special thing to be able to do. Wow. Sometimes it's dark and sometimes people feel like you feel on a rainy day when you really wanted to go outside and you wake up in the morning and you were supposed to go to the park with your friends and it's just dark and it's raining. Some people feel that way all the time inside. They always feel that way, even when it's sunny outside. And our job as Jews, as Yidin, we were sent to the world to try to make a brighter day for them. That's our job. And so all of us have special talents and we can use them and work on them. And it can actually be the reason that Hashem sent your Neshama wow. to the world to bring music to people, to bring art to people, to bring your talents, to help people experience the sunlight. That's so amazing. This is your moment, so make sure. That goes right to our next conversation. We all hear the word bullying a lot. And I guess it's a good thing that we hear the word because it means that in school or in our families, our parents are telling us either don't be a bully or if somebody's bullying you, this is what you should do. I was a Mora. I always told my students before recess, I want you to have fun. I want you to learn a lot this year. But the one thing that I care about the most is that you learn how to be a buddy. That was my way of saying not a bully. I don't want to always be like, don't bully, don't bully. If they can grow up respecting their friends, if they ever see somebody being bullied, they should be prepared and know what to do. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your own experience when you were a child? Absolutely. It's something that's very, very common throughout the course of a day. Someone's feelings are going to get hurt. Someone's mm. going to feel left out. Sometimes things get messy. That's important to understand. Just going into class in the beginning of the year or going into your classroom every day. Obviously, we hope that everything's going to just be awesome and everyone's going to say the right stuff and everyone's going to like your backpack and everyone is sort of finding their way. Nobody's really sure. Like when a kid goes to school, they should have in mind that things are not going to be perfect today. That's right. Not only things aren't going to be perfect, they're not supposed to be perfect. Even the people that seem to be super cool, the most popular kid in the class, look like they have it all together, they're also imperfect. That's an awesome perfect. And sometimes mm. they're being not nice to you actually lets us know that they're also going through something crazily enough even though it looks like oh well they're bullying because like they're so great and they're so perfect and they got everything together so they have like a right to look down on the kids that are less successful no the reason that they're doing that is because not everything is what it seems and maybe they're having issues at home that you don't know about and maybe they come to school feeling so down on themselves that the only way that they can go ahead and make themselves feel better is by squashing somebody else down. Ah, now I understand. Then I don't feel like, oh my gosh, look how terrible I am. When someone's not being nice to you and they say something mean to you, it looks like they're the stronger one. Right. But really, they're not strong at all. Because if they were strong, they wouldn't be mean. Right. We can either feel, I'm such a failure. Nothing's going right in my life. Look at them. Look at what they have. Maybe we can even start to think they have a right to bully me because look. Like you almost start believing the mean things that they're saying that are sometimes totally not true. Or, or we can stop and we can say, hey, it must be that actually this person, they're really going through something. 
maybe in a crazy way, instead of feeling so bad for myself, I can even feel bad for them. This is not a me problem. It's the bully problem. A problem that still needs to be fixed, but you don't have to feel bad about yourself. That's right. We can even start feeling sorry and maybe even start to be a little bit more kind to the person that's hurting us, which is so crazy because most of us, the way that we react is we feel hatred. We feel anger because look at the way this person's making me feel. Of course, I'm going to be angry at that person. If I understand the value that I have nothing that a person can say about what I chose to wear today or how well or how not well I'm doing on a test. It's so true what you're saying. I work on myself to be confident because I like to talk about that a lot about being confident, which is a very important thing and not feeling bad about yourself by somebody who's being mean to you. Sometimes there are situations and even if they make no sense, even as an adult, it's hard not to feel bad about yourself. It feels rotten to be embarrassed in public or to be talked down to. This is something that everyone needs to be reminded about. But there is only one you I didn't know any of this when I was in school. I remember there was one kid in third grade who would take the broom, walk around the classroom and say he's sweeping up the garbage. This literally was a thing that happened. And he would just sweep me up like with the broom and the dustpan as if I was part of the garbage that he was sweeping up in the classroom. This is something that I experienced in third grade. And that was in one school. And then my parents took me out of that school because of bullying that I experienced. And they put me into another school, which I was very different than the rest of the kids in the school. How are you different? So it was not the kind of school where kids had payas behind their ears, mm. um, like long, longer payas. It was a bit of a different community. And I was the only one. I think it was me and one other kid that I'm remembering now in the grade above me who had payas behind our ears. And that was just open season. Like, you know, there was so much bullying that I experienced in that second school because of that, which gave me a very negative association with payas and with anything. You got your frustration out almost on the payas because people are picking on you because of your payas. It took a lot of years for me to come around to understand that it was really the problem of those kids and not my problem as a person and certainly not the problem of Torah and mitzvot. The things that kids think are weird or are not cool. When those very kids get older, those are the things that they desperately try to look for. Those things that they made fun of as kids. Like, for example, I'll give like, example. yeah, give an example. I want to hear. Sure. The kids, for example, that want to sit on the side during recess and instead of getting involved in sports games, they'd rather play music or they'd rather draw which I also love to draw. So I would just mm-hmm. sit. I remember a friend of mine, me and him sat on the side. Every day during recess, we were just creating a cartoon. He did the storyline and I was doing the illustrations. And that was like a weird thing because we were different. And I dare say we were more talented. We had more to us than they did. And so mm-hmm. for them, you know, what did they do? They went and played basketball. What's well, a good thing. That is a talent to have. You know, but but it wasn't uniquely theirs. It was yeah. No, when you get older, that's something that people really value because people start to look for music to get meaning in their life. And all of the kids that had that naturally, that they were bullied for that because it was like it was weird. It was different. Different is what gives you success. Is what makes you stand out. Wow. Oh, go figure. Look at that. It's your greatest gift. We live in a world of seven billion people, eight billion people. Every single person is trying to be different. If you already so true child to be different is a tremendous gift. All the friends that I have now who are my really coolest friends, they were the kids that in elementary school were like the weirdos. This is the case for so many super talented, super incredible, super compassionate. Super incredible. You use the keyword. 
incredible kids that when they were kids, that was the thing that they were like embarrassed about. And guess what? When you get older, all you want to be is different. Kids listening right now at this moment, there's a talent you have and you're like, "Eh, I'm not going to pursue that right now because like, I don't know, no one else. It's weird. Yeah, I write songs, but I don't want to share them with anybody or whatever your talent is. When you're comfortable with it, you don't need to hide for so long. Don't wait till you're an adult. It's time to leave your cocoon, my dear butterfly. Show yourself and the world just how very high. I asked my kids this morning before they went to school, I said, I'm going to be interviewing somebody who had an experience with being bullied. What questions would you ask him? So one of my kids said, ask him if there was anybody who stood up for him all those years. Was there anyone? Was there a kid, a teacher that said, hey, that's not nice. Don't do that. And I hope the answer is not no. A lot of really great things happen to us as kids. There are good times. Core memories. It's harder to tap into the happy ones. That's right. So I don't have specific memories of people standing up for me. I'm sure there were. Mm -hmm. The thing that I remember most was just many long years of really just going home crying and having parents who couldn't really help. If they do nothing, then it's not going to change the situation. And if they do get involved, it usually doesn't really help that much. So that doesn't mean hold it inside. Of course, parents should be there to listen. And I'm sure all of your parents are. And we shouldn't ever, really, ever hide anything from our parents. I mean, I can imagine that if a kid comes home from school and tells a parent, somebody wasn't nice, I'm being bullied on the school bus or whatever the scenario, I could imagine the parents like, where's that kid? It's not going to help, right? Right. Right. It sounds like the problem needs to be fixed in the school or in the place where it's happening. Either it's a problem that needs to be resolved either by moving a kid out of the class or switching buses or something practical. But like you said, it's something that needs to happen more inside. And I would say it's maybe something that needs to happen inside the person who's being Mm. bullied. It's much harder to say it than to do it. But to know that it's possible, like anything, the more that we practice it, the stronger we become. I can start small day after day exercise to build up muscles to be able to get there. And I'm telling all of you, after a long time of exercising these muscles, it's far easier for me now to be able to hear someone say something. You could handle it better because you worked on yourself. It doesn't register. I'm able to say, wow, I, I really feel bad for that person that like this triggers them so much. In a classroom, you get feedback about your behavior. If someone comes into class and is super excited about the whistle that they just got, if that's a thing, if kids get whistles. (laughs) They used to. (laughs) Yeah, maybe like a thousand years ago. And the whole entire day, they're just blowing this whistle super loud and like they're driving everyone crazy. And someone Mm -hmm. in the class comes over and is like, can you stop? Just put the whistle away. It's driving everyone nuts. Right. I'm not sure that that's bullying. We don't have to be so quick to say everyone's a bully or because they say something that's maybe not the thing we want to hear that second. Right. There can be something useful in that. I can stop and I can say based on the feeling that I don't need anyone else to make me feel special. I am special. And that's also a muscle that we can build and we can actually get me back to the whistle thing. But you can look yourself in the mirror every morning. This is a huge, huge thing. And smile at yourself in the mirror. And you can even, sounds crazy, talk to yourself and you can tell yourself you're going to have a great day. You're so beautiful. You can tell yourself you're so sweet. We'll be right back to this incredible interview after the following presentation. The following two stories have a lot in common, but end very, very differently. The first story happened in New York on a school bus. 
a place where kids are not always supervised and have to use good judgment when dealing with friends. David was a ninth grader in high school who had no one to stand up for him. Here comes David. Let's make believe there's no more seats for him. Sorry, no room for you. Ugh, be you. <laughs> he has to stand. Look at him, he's doing the work on the bus. What a goody-goody. Story number two. This story took place in a very different setting. It was many years ago in the early 1900s in the city of Brisk in the country of Belarus, which was near Russia. Here, our young Aryeh Leib was younger than his classmates in a yeshiva away from home. Hey, did you hear about the new bacher in yeshiva? Yeah, I saw him. He's so short. I heard he's much younger than us. He probably doesn't know anything. He's tiny. He's like a baby. <laughs> oh, look. Here he comes right now. He's tiny. He needs a stool to reach the sink when he does Negelwasser. <laughs> hey, I just had an idea. Wanna have some fun with me? Sure, what's the plan? Before Rebby turns off our lights at night, we'll put a doll in his bed. Yeah, then he'll really be a baby. <laughs> 90 years later. Excuse me, I have to get on hold of the Rosh Hashiva. What can I do for you? Rav Shneiman, I have to ask you. Mechila, I was the bocher back in Brisk that put the doll in, in Rosh Hashiva's bed. I'm so embarrassed. I'm a mamish soul. I'm a star. How could you ever forgive me? What I never heard of this. Surely the Rosh Hashiva remembers the doll we put in the in the bed back in the dormitory. We put it there. We were we were doing it to tease you at the time. I never sleep in my bed. I would sleep on the table and put my head down. Those are both very powerful stories. Now I'm gonna go back to the first story. The first story was about a boy named David, but sadly, as David grew and did not have the confidence that he needed to stand up for himself and he didn't have any friends to support him today. He is not a happy person. He is not a fulfilled person. He doesn't have Torah and mitzvot in his life anymore. And it's so, so sad. On the other hand, we have another story. The story of the illustrious Rav Aryeh Leib Shteman, who was the Gadol Hadar and lived until 104. Such beautiful years for Kla Yisrael to have as our guide. And in his younger years, he was experiencing bullying, but he was shielded from it. And the story, I think, is really supposed to illustrate how his learning was so unbelievable. And he learned, we call it hasmada, like he just was totally, totally immersed in his learning. He didn't even notice the bullying. But what I take out of the story and what I want you to hear from the story is that imagine for a second that Rav Steinman did go to his bed. And it is an unbelievable thing that we cannot relate to what it means that he did not go to his bed. But let's say he did go to his bed and he saw that doll there that was there to be a tease. I mean, I don't know, but maybe that would have in some way stopped him from becoming the tremendous person and Gadol Hadar that he ended up becoming. Bullying is very, very powerful. Words and actions are so powerful. They can build and they can break. Remember the story of David and let's do the most we can to make sure we don't have any more boys or girls lost to us again. And now let's continue with my conversation with Rabbi Yaakov Klein. 
We want to be people that don't get affected like you are right now, but we're going to start now little bits at a time. And we're going to try to make ourselves stronger and feel better about ourselves so that it doesn't matter what other people say. Exactly. And if we can do that, then our reaction is not, oh my gosh, I'm so terrible. Everyone hates me. It can actually be, let me listen to what people are saying. And maybe there is something that I can do better. Right. There are many times where a kid is getting bullied where they really can't do better. (laughs) They're trying. We want to try as best as we can to be a part of things, but coming from a healthy sense of self. Everything starts. And also there's adults that are trained to help with that. Like if somebody does have a hard time making friends, so instead of doing something that would be awkward or weird and make people giggle at them, they can actually approach an adult and say like, I need help making friends. We have so many people to help with that. Absolutely. Hopefully. (laughs) I think today more than ever we do. That's the main thing I really want to get across to everybody that I speak with, whether it's kids through this awesome, incredible podcast or whether it's adults. The thing that everything starts with is a natural feeling of being worth it, not because you have something to make you feel worth it, but because you already are worth it. If you're here, you're worth it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pumping you with life because he needs you in the world. That's why birthdays are so special, because the day that you were born means that Hashem decided, oh, we can't have the world one more day without you. So that's why birthdays are special, because it's the day you were born. Just remembering the day that Hashem decided the world needs you. That's right. And that's, and that's, wow. I never thought of a birthday like that before. And that's every day. Right. (laughs) If it means I could have a cupcake every day, I'll celebrate it every day. (laughs) Imagine you can talk to the kid version of yourself, almost like, you know, those like sci fi adventures, like go back in time and meet kid Yaakov, right? So if you're talking to third grade Yaakov, what do you wish you can tell him? There are so many things that I would tell him. I think that some of the things that I would tell him, I think are things he's just going to have to learn. You know, Mm. maybe that's the only thing I'd tell him. I don't know. Life is a journey. Life is going to take you in all sorts of ups and downs and twists and turns. If we expect it to be a bit of a journey, so then we have a better mindset. You know, we're able to handle it. But if I expect everything to be perfect, then this tiniest thing that goes wrong, I'm going to fall into pieces. I can't mm-hmm. handle it. There'll be days where you feel super confident and excited, and there's going to be days that you feel very lonely. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Here's an opportunity for me to recognize, wow, I really can't do this alone. I need the help of a friend. Oh, friendship? It was worth the whole world to be created for two people to be friends with each other. That's the sweetest thing in the world. That's the first thing that I'd say to expect that to be the journey. Number two, talking to Hashem. A lot of focus is on davening. We have our sitter play in first grade and we're davening and the school has shachris. Some schools have mincha if you're at that age. The Ramam says the main kind of tefillah is just to talk to Hashem in your own words for whatever you need. And so there were great tzaddikim later in history, particularly Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, who was a very, very big tzaddik. One of my books is on one of his stories, the story of the lost princess, which is a super beautiful story. It's a whole podcast in itself. So what he said is now that there's a sitter, that doesn't mean that this is the only way to daven. That doesn't mean that you're not still able to talk to Hashem in your own words. And Rabbi Nachman put his arm around his student, who is a tzaddik by the name of Reb Nassim. These were his words. He said, it's very good to speak to Hashem like you would to your best friend. That's how. Hashem is our king and he's also our father. You can speak to Hashem like your best friend. Don't Even worry. another way to think about it. Yeah. How does that help you with bullying and with struggling when people aren't nice? So here's the thing. What's so amazing 
about the opportunity to speak to Hashem in your own words is that it helps us remember that each of us, even though we need friends, we're really okay by ourselves. We are able to go into the park and instead of being with all the other kids who are kicking around the ball or whatever it is, we should do that too. <laughs> it's important to get mm-hmm. involved. It's okay to be normal, but it's also okay yeah. to be yourself. Yeah. It's not just okay. It's very important to be normal. <laughs> it's very, very important. It's very important to be normal and it's very important to be yourself. Yes. You can talk about some things that you're struggling with. You can talk about just things that are interesting to you, like you would to your best friend. It doesn't have to be tefillah, like davening for help. Hanging out with yourself helps that we should build up a strong sense of self. So if things are not going so smoothly with your friends, you're saying, then it's something that we need to fix maybe, but at the same time, don't think it's all about you. You're still the same beautiful person. You're so worthy. Don't push yourself down. Do you know what it means when we say Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad? All of us say this, the Shema. It means Hashem is one, right? What does it mean? Do you ever think about maybe Hashem is pretty lonely? If he's the only Hashem there is, maybe he's also a bit lonely. Maybe Hashem created us to keep him company. Mm. Spend time with him. It's being lonely and sharing that loneliness with Hashem who's also alone. Hashem is very real and he's everywhere at all times. He loves nothing more than when people speak to him in their own words because then you don't really get distracted just like I'm talking to you now. I'm not, I'm not getting distracted because I'm speaking to a person. A person, right? right. When you're davening, sometimes it could just be okay, like here are a bunch of words that I don't understand. And I'm thinking about a million other things. But when a person goes ahead and they speak to Hashem in their own, using their own words, you've got to be focused. You've right. You've got to be focused. You're you know exactly what you're saying and why. And then when you go back to Davin from a sitter and you realize that the same Hashem that you're Davining Shacharis from this sitter and saying Adon Olam or whatever is the same Hashem that you just spoke to in the park 10 minutes ago. Right. Your whole davening is different. Your whole learning is different. All right. of your mitzvahs are different. You know, when kids are learning davening, we have first graders, second graders that are learning how to daven. And it's a lot when they start saying Baruch Sha'amar and Ashrei and Ishtavach. It's beautiful. There's so many words. But for some people, that's like a real cue for spacing out. You know, it takes time to learn to love it and get close to it. And if you keep thinking about how you love Hashem, like Hashem is your father, king, best friend, then all of that put together. And then when they are ready to, they'll really, really love to daven and connect with Hashem. That's right. Rabbi Klein, I thought I was going to interview you about just a couple things, but it turned out to be a lesson in so many areas. I love what we talked about with kids learning to be creative and taking the creativity to be just like Hashem and about how people don't have to feel lonely because they can develop themselves and their own sense of self and we can feel good about ourselves. And all of these things are going to make us have more confidence. And if we have more confidence, if we come across a person who's struggling, obviously, because they're not being nice to other people and they're making other people feel icky about themselves. We're going to feel so good about ourselves eventually by trying all these different things that it won't bother us as much. And when we look at that person, maybe, maybe even we'll feel bad for them and try to look out for them. I used to read a book with my class when I taught kindergarten, a cute cartoon book called Chester Raccoon and the Big Bad Bully. There's a badger. A badger is like another nighttime animal. You don't see the badger the whole time. And the raccoon goes home to the mother and describes this badger. He has this fangs and he's so scary and this and that. And in the mother's mind, she's imagining like the scary thing that's attacked her kid. And in the end, you got to see the badger and he's just this little animal that's teasing them. They all make a plan to include the badger. 
Wow. It's not always so simple. You can't just always face off with the bully and be like, okay, like we're going to invite you. But they came to realize, and Chester's mommy was a very smart raccoon. She taught her kid that, hey, it's not you. It's the badger. The badger's struggling here. Exactly right. I'm going to link that book. <laughs> I'm going to find it. And just one last, if you're in a sure. classroom where bullying is happening and you're not a part of it, you're not like standing in the audience and cheering it on. It doesn't really affect you so much. We would think stand up for the person, you know, get involved in that situation and bang on the desk and say, this is not fair. and This is not okay. I think that that's not so realistic. But what you can do is to go over to the kid that's struggling and really just be an anti-bully or I guess a buddy, which is so great to give it another word to like a positive thing to strive for instead of just like what's bad. I love that. Right. So you yeah. and just sit with them. Look out for them. Yeah. Look out for them. But it doesn't even need to be something practical. You mentioned a book. I'll mention another book. It's called The Rabbit Listened. I don't know if you know this book. A fascinating no. thing. It's about this boy who holds a It's a kid's board. book or an adult's book? A kid's book. A kid's um, book. The rabbit listened. Okay. The rabbit listened. And it's about this kid that builds this huge tower out of blocks and these angry black birds fly into the room and they just knock the whole tower down. And one by one, all of his stuffed animals come over to him and they try to help him each in their own way. For example, in the typical ways that these animals would respond. A snake comes and hisses, let's break someone else's tower down. And the bear comes in and says, let's roar about it. And he <laughs> comes and gives him another thing. And he's just sitting there hugging his knees, crying, feeling broken. And he doesn't feel like reacting with any of these things. After all the animals have came and gone, the rabbit comes. And the rabbit doesn't say anything. It just comes closer and closer and closer. And then it just sits. And it just shares his company, his space. The rabbit never says anything. <laughs> the rabbit just opens the space to say, I see you. I'm, mm. I'm here. I value you and I'm here for you. You don't have to even say anything. Oh, you're super great. Don't listen to them. That they, she, He's a bully or she's a bully. You don't have to say anything. You can just sit down and just make it clear to them that you're there for them. And then the boy starts to talk about all of his feelings and, and how he, and the rabbit really doesn't do anything. But the rabbit does more than anyone because the wow. looks out for someone else without needing to be the hero and without needing to be the savior and without needing to make himself feel good by being the one that helps someone else, the rabbit just comes and says, I'm here. Do you want to talk about it? And that's a very powerful thing. And that's something that kids could do for their friends. Absolutely. Yes. That's what I'm speaking about. Because sometimes like we don't know what to say. And maybe if somebody had done that for you, maybe that would be a core memory. Yes, I do think that is the truth. Because I didn't really have a space to express what I was going through. Well, I didn't. By sharing this with so many kids, we're going to give many kids the space to have that in their life. Many rabbits listening to them and many people being rabbits to other people. Yeah. If you know, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm not suggesting anyone be a rabbit. <laughs> be rabbits. That's right. If anybody wants to reach out to talk about what they're going through and needs a little bit of rabbit space, I mean, I can answer. No, I'm kidding. I will answer. They can really feel free to reach out to me. Absolutely. That's really nice. I'm going to give my email address. I'll say it now. Torah at gmail.com. And if you okay. want to reach out and you have a question or you want to share something or your experience or you need a little bit of chizuk, absolutely feel free and I'll do my best to get back to everybody. I'll put it in the show notes also in Great. case anyone
anyone wants to reach out. Sure. Awesome. Uh, I really do understand. I know what it feels like. It's really not easy. It's really, really not easy. It's so painful. It's so hurtful to go through this. And so if I can be for you what I would have loved someone else to be for me, it would be my greatest privilege and honor. Wow. Thank you so much, Rabbi Klein. That was beautiful. It was really nice hearing about your story and hearing all these lessons. Mercy Shem, we should have a lot of buddies and Avas Israel and Kla Israel. Amen. Hey, listeners. Are you tired of constantly monitoring your child's screen time? Do you want them to have a device that's safe, easy to use with only kosher content and Jewish music? Look no further than the 24-6 solo music-only MP3 player. We talked about 24-6. It is an awesome app. You gotta try it. I personally downloaded the free seven-day trial, and I did not regret one second of it because it was free. And then I opted to continue on because it really, really provided only Jewish music at my fingertips. I don't have to be worried about, you know, my kids getting into something that I don't want them seeing and myself. And it's really been a great experience. So you should just try it out seven days. You don't have to commit and see if you like it. And then listen to what this device can do. It's perfect for parents who are sending their kids off to camp. It's a great gifting option. It's at a good price point. It doesn't even need Wi-Fi to be working. And that's why a lot of camps are allowing it to be packed along. So give your child the gift of music with the 24-6 solo music only MP3 player. Follow the link in the show notes or go to the number 24 and then S-I-X device. So 246device.com and use our code INCREDIBLE10. That's of course incredible with a K and get 10% off this brand new device and you will make some children very, very happy. Come and listen to the conversation I had with Baruch, a boy who unfortunately was bullied in multiple situations, who is strong and hopefully will make an impression on all of you listeners. Hi, I'm here with a boy. He's going to introduce himself. You'll hear about why I chose him to come onto the show today. So tell me a little bit about yourself and, you know, some of the fun things about yourself and a little bit about who you are. Hi, I'm Baruch. I like a lot of things like playing guitar and sports like tennis and baseball and basketball. How old are you? I'm 11 years old almost 12. You were brave enough to come onto the podcast today. Our topic is really about helping kids become sensitive and kind to other kids. And I think all kids could be kind and they're kind at different times. But you had an experience where some kids were not so kind to you. And I think that we all have something to learn from that. I have a few that I want to talk about today. Okay, I guess take me to the beginning. Like what do you want to share with us? The first bullying experience I ever had, it was really bad. It was from like second grade to fourth grade until the kid got kicked up a grade because of how bad he was being. But I remember going to the school council or the principals a lot of times. Just by the way, it's always a good idea to go to principals and tell an adult. So let's go back for a minute. What is bullying in your own words? When they call your names that you don't like, that's bullying. But there's even worse bullying, like pushing you, shoving you, hurting you. So that's like the worst case. Yeah, worst Mm -hmm. case scenario. Yeah. You know, there's an expression, sticks and stones. Do you know that expression? Sticks and stones, you finish it. We'll break your bones, but words will never hurt me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt. What do you think about that expression? Well, words can hurt sometimes also. Exactly. Words are very hurtful. So I don't know who made that up. 
but sticks and stones can break bones it's bad when people hurt people obviously they should never ever 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 hurt people but even words that are hurtful are terrible terrible i once heard um it was at an obviously went on friday night mm-hmm. that hurting people with words is worse than hurting them physically yeah for sure but yeah they're both still bad right when the pain goes away from you know somebody who hurts your body it goes away but that other kind of pain from people hurting your feelings lasts much much longer even though hurting your body feels worse and stuff but the pain from being name called and stuff lasts much longer yeah i'm sorry you had to go through that experience just going back to what you were saying before you had an experience in second grade but now you're 12 already so what did you do from that point you said you spoke to your teachers your principals and how were they able to help you or were they able to help you Yes, they were. The first few times he got in trouble, he even got suspended once. The boy who was bullying you? Yes. Okay. You never suffered because you told the principal? No. You're smart that you go to the adults who are there to help you? Yeah. That's amazing. Do you want to say anything else about an experience with being bullied or kids in school? My worst experience happened this past year. Basically, I was by the carpool lot, and I walked into carpool spot, whatever, number 28, I'll make it up. And these kids started attacking me, saying it's their territory. They started beating me up. One of the kids threw me to the ground in the middle (gasps) of a parking lot. The other kids were also pushing me. When that was happening, some kid took my binder. It was sliding it across the parking lot, and it tore. I still had that binder, but he owed me money, and I still have the money because I'm buying a new binder next year. Who helped you work out this problem? I told my principal, and it took about three weeks to get the whole thing sorted out. And also, there's no security camera, so they didn't have proof. So how did you feel? What were your feelings like at that moment when all these boys are coming at you? It wasn't a good feeling. Like... I felt really bad. Oh, and also, uh, it's not a good idea to take revenge, but sometimes it's the only thing you have to do. Like, it's always bad to take revenge. Right, like so, hurt someone back. Yeah. Be mean back to them. But but the kids were still laughing at me when I would walk into the carpool. So I took my water bottle, opened it, and splashed it all over the kids' pants. That must have taken a lot of bravery on your part. Yeah, I was thinking, should I, shouldn't I? So then I realized I'd run back into the car, and they tried splashing about, but my carpool driver told them to stop. Wow. Okay, this yeah. is a very, very real experience. Experience. Yeah, that was like the worst I ever had. <sighs> wow. Well, first of all, were there any kids from that group who were standing up for you and saying that's not nice? No, but my friend was there to witness it, and it also happened to him. It's hard for friends in these situations to say something. We don't expect friends to always have the right words, and we don't want them to also get bullied, right? So sometimes it's not even the right thing for a friend to say well, something. Well, he, he was already getting bullied with me. Mm. Does it feel good to have somebody else, at least in the situation, that you're not alone? Yeah, we're with the kids trying to work things out. They can stick up for you and say more details like that I didn't notice. So Baruch, it sounds like you really, really went through experiences that could make a kid feel very, very not good. I don't know the right word to say about your uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly about yourself. So based on these experiences, I have a few questions to ask you. Yes. What do you think was going on in those boys' heads when they were teasing you and being mean to you? What do you think they were thinking? I thought they were thinking like, it's not going to hurt him so much, whatever. I don't care about him. They were probably thinking stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think they were thinking maybe, oh, it's just a joke, it's not a big deal? Yeah, that's what they were thinking. But when I took them to the principal, they soon realized that it wasn't... I think they got detention or something. Yeah, I hope so. They need to learn their lesson. That's bad stuff. Not really bullying my next thing, but we just got it sorted out. But they kept on making fun of me and stuff. And they were like, you were lying about all this stuff, even though it all happened. Wow, that's even worse. 
Yeah. You know, you said what you did with the water bottle, which I think is very, very brave of you. What do you think you can do to stop a bullying situation in the future? Now that you know what happens when someone comes to bother you, to tease you, to hurt you, when there's no adults. You don't hurt them back. You don't beat them up. Mm -hmm. You do something much less to make a point that you're hurt. Mm -hmm. Like my water bottle opened it up, splashed the whole thing out on him. Right. You weren't actually injuring him. You weren't looking to harm him. Yeah. I was just making a point. Mm -hmm. Don't do this. Yeah. I'm not accepting this. It's not okay to bully me. Yeah. Who taught you that? Like, how do you know to do that? Well, I just knew. No one taught me that. When you brought your problems to the school counselor, what did they tell you? Uh, There was this one kid that was making fun of me and stuff. I went to him. We got it all sorted out. I like how you keep saying sorted out. Like, things just worked out for you in the end. Like, once you go through that with a kid, what's your relationship with, like, those kids afterwards? Are you friends with them afterwards? Or you just see them and you don't say anything? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much what? You see the kid just so you can them. Like, perfect. They're not there. It's the same for them. I'm not there to them. And you're okay with that? Yeah. I wouldn't want to be noticed by a bunch of bullies. Exactly. Where's this confidence coming from inside of you? What do you mean? I don't know. Do you realize how confident you are? I'm sure a lot of times you don't feel confident and brave and everything. But you're telling me a lot of little things, like little clues that make me realize that you are much more advanced in some ways than other kids I know. You sound like in your head, at least, you know how to stand up for yourself and you're prepared, right? It's not always easy to stand up for yourself. Not at all. And sometimes you don't stand up for yourself because it's hard. Do you have any friends at school? You mentioned one before. I have a lot. Really? Yeah. Is it easy or hard for you to make friends? If the kids are nice, yeah. I can make friends. That's awesome. So when you meet a kid, if they're nice, you're down to be friends with them? Yeah. There's a few new kids this year, and I'm already friends with them. And how did those friendships happen? You went out of your way to go to them? Well, actually, how you make friends is you ask them questions about themselves. Uh Uh-huh. Please teach me. I could use more friends. (laughs) I'm serious. And, And, like, you find what you have in common. That's how you make friends. That's awesome. So tell me, what do you have in common with your friends? Sometimes it's, like, we like the same sports. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we like the same activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. Like So those conversations. This is an example, but it doesn't have to be direct. Like, let's say you have a kid. You just met him. I play guitar. And I say hi. And I introduce myself. And I ask them, do you play any instrument? And they say, let's say, violin. You have something in common. You both play an instrument. It's not the same instrument, but yeah. Right. Like, you yeah, understand the idea of yeah. being musical, practicing. Yeah. Connecting with music. That's so beautiful that you play guitar. How long have you been doing that for? 18 months. Do you feel like you're getting better? Yeah, I yeah. am. There's an app that like teaches you the chords and then you play the chords and they do check marks. So you're really self-teaching yourself? You don't have a real teacher? No, my mother said if I get really good, she'll get me one. Okay, that's a good start. You have to prove yourself first. Yeah. Yeah, you have to make yourself into a good investment. <laughs> You yeah. know what that means? Yeah. Like, like if your parents are going to spend money on guitar lessons, you have to, to show that you care. Yeah. I also want to get a new guitar. I don't know what I'm going to get because the one I have is actually pretty old. It's like a 1960s. Ooh, it might even be expensive. Maybe oh, you that, could sell what, it and get a lot of money for it. That's what the guy at the guitar shop said. No way. Yeah, when we're getting it fixed. Vintage, Vintage from the olden days. So that's really cool that you play guitar. Is there anything else that helps you feel happy, confident, when you're feeling not so confident or not so happy? Just knowing that you could tell someone, mm-hmm. I guess it makes you confident. Knowing that you're not stuck. 
right? Yeah. Okay, now let me just turn this question to another direction. You know, there's a lot of kids that are going to be listening to this. And that's why I said before that it's so awesome that you're willing to share because I think that bullying happens everywhere. And even if you don't call it bullying, just kids not being... being, mean. mm Mm-hmm. Not being sensitive to a friend and all that stuff happens almost every day in every classroom in the world. So what would you tell a kid who is going through an experience even a little bit like yours to give them some sort of message? Always tell an adult I discussed earlier, like literally Mm -hmm. always. Imagine a kid who had a hard day at school. Someone was mean to them on the playground. They hurt their feelings and they come home from school and they're feeling so sad. They feel like maybe there's something wrong with them. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes. When I do that, I actually like thinking of what's wrong with them. And it usually comes out of a list like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. (laughs) So you come up with like 14 plus reasons that, you know, why they have things wrong with them. Like 700? Pretty much. (laughs) In all seriousness, it's a true thing. And professionals say this all the time, and I'm sure you've heard it before, that when somebody is being bullied, who has the problem? The people bullying. The bully. It's their problems. It's their problem that they're putting on you. And they have their own problems, never. But it makes you feel so terrible in the moment that you start to think it's you. Right. So you come home and you just try to think of all the reasons why they could be acting like this. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever have a situation where you actually realized that the bully might even be going through something or could just be having a problem that they're having trouble with? Did that ever come to light? Uh, yes. Uh, that's what I was thinking about just quickly. Like, there's a bully. His parents are the voiced. He's just really down about it. Wow. So how did you figure that out? He talks about it all the time. So he talks about it all the time. And at the same time, he's mean to other kids. Well, yeah. So you realize on your own, these two things are connected. He needs to get through something really tough. And at the same time, he's being so mean to other kids. It's all connected. I hope he gets the help he needs. We're friends again. We're not really friends, but like friendly. Friendly enough to talk to each other. Wow. And this boy was mean to you personally before? Yes, actually. Wow. But I barely remember anything about that experience. Baruch. I have chills thinking about that. You know what that means? Like when you have chills? Yeah. Like I'm so, I can't believe it. To think that you could already see that at your age, you're way ahead of yourself right now (laughs) in a good way. That's such an incredible midah of you that you're willing to look past the harm that someone did to you to notice that they are really screaming out for help and friends. Well, he has a lot of friends. He's popular. Yeah, but sometimes it's not what it seems. You have to be careful and keep your distance sometimes. But it's nice that at least you could be friendly. I am still keeping my distance in case it happens again. Right. Is there anything else that you would want to share about your experience? Well, sometimes kids actually, like, nice kids say mean things. But since they're nice kids, I usually don't take it personally. Wow. They might be trying to be mean, but they still like me, so, like, I'm not taking it personally. You're not taking it personally. Yeah. Not everything is rooted in, like, oh, I don't like you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm speechless. I'm speechless because this is a very serious topic and you are rocking this interview. It was an honor to have this conversation with you. And I am more confident than ever before that this will inspire kids who are listening to feel like they are not alone and to feel like they too can overcome challenges like you have and you continue to do, right? Yeah, I'm still doing it. You're still doing it. And you seem like a happy, mature kid and you're going to keep up your music, and you're going to keep up your sports, your tennis, and all the other things you love to do, and you are going to grow into a very well-adjusted adult one day. Thank you. You're so welcome. I mean every word I just said. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.
Wow, that was a really incredible interview. But there's one thing I want to add on to this entire topic. And it's that if somebody is in a bullying situation, if there's a girl or a boy listening and they feel for some reason that there's many people ganging up against them personally for whatever reason, and even if it's not, always get a trusted adult involved. Get a teacher, a principal, a parent, a school counselor or a school therapist, whoever that person is, needs to work out this situation and it needs to have an adult involved because bullying with so many kids against one person is not something that any kid should ever have to do alone. And now it's time for homework. Oh, come on, not that kind. Your homework, dear listeners, is going to be something that you are going to try in your next social setting. That means in school, and if you're listening to this way off in the summertime, in camp, whatever, on the block, at the playground, go over to a kid who you don't usually schmooze with, you don't usually talk to, and challenge yourself to have a meaningful conversation with them. Hi, how you doing? Want to play a game with me? Schmooze about your talents. Like we just heard from Baruch. He talked about somebody just saying, you know, this is what I like to do. What do you like to do? And practice listening to them. Ask them about themselves. You don't have to be best friends. Just challenge yourself to open the conversation for real talk with people you might not have noticed before. If you can provide this rabbit space to be able to talk to a friend in a healthy way where you're listening to them and connecting with them, tell us about it through our email address, ikidspodcast at gmail.com for a chance to win a really, really incredible, awesome prize. And my dear listeners, I want us to remember the lesson that Rabbi Klein taught us about thinking about our creativity, thinking about our unique talents. What can I do? What do I have to make the world a more incredible, beautiful place? How can I be like Hashem in the way that I can make this world even more incredible and create new things from the talents that I have inside of me? And so, like this beautiful new song by A.B. Rattenberg and Shulam Lemmer that's been going around this week. I heard it so many times. It's time to leave your cocoon, my dear butterfly. You all have those butterfly wings. And like Rabbi Wallerstein used to say, and that's what the whole song is about. You should check it out because it's such a beautiful song. But like Rabbi Wallerstein used to say, that we all are like caterpillars that are turning into butterflies and we have those wings. We just need to open our wings and leave our cocoons and fly and go because we can all do it. So time to leave your cocoon, my dear butterflies. Show the world how special you each are. And Hashem will be there at your side. Are you an incredible kid? Send your story to ikidspodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe today to the Incredible Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, you are all Incredible Kids.